It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Adventure has its own style. It's made up of tall trees, unpaved trails, and at the center, the most capable Subaru Forester yet. The 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. It comes with 9.2 inches of ground clearance paired with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and advanced dual-function X-Mode. Discover adventure on a deeper level. The 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. Visit Subaru.com wilderness to explore the family of rugged Subaru Wilderness models. If you own a small business, you might be asking yourself, can Tax Act help me do my business and personal taxes? The answer is yes. If the answer was no, it would have been pretty ill-advised of Tax Act to have asked that question in the first place. And Tax Act prides itself on not doing ill-advised things. In conclusion, Tax Act can help small business owners get their personal and business taxes done. Tax Act, let's get them over with. You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. And we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. We finish up our AFC North, NFC East, division by division crossover on today's episode with a look at the NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens and the Washington Redskins. Before we get to Kevin Ostriker, uh, who hosts Locked on Ravens, first, want to make sure that you guys know that the Redskins actually signed a backup offensive lineman on Wednesday. They didn't sign him officially yet. They agreed to terms, I should say. Uh, according to his agent, Brett Tesler, Michael Leitke, Michael Leitke, who's played like three snaps on offense in the last three years. That's what you need to know. Tesler says he can play uh, every position on the offensive line. We'll see how good he is when he gets there. Also, before we get to the Ravens Redskins content for today, we'll tell you that we are brought to you by Built Bar. That's right, Built Bar. We've been telling you about it all week. Package came in the mail about a week ago, gone three days later. Ten bars, delicious flavors. My favorite, chocolate peanut butter. Uh, Listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big chocolate fan, but Built Bar makes chocolate bars not only taste good, but they're healthy. 110 calories, very low in carbs. Seven times less sugar. It's amazing. Try them out. BuiltBar.com. All right. And before we turn it over again to Kevin Ostriker uh, of Locked on Ravens, put this up on RedskinsReport.com. You guys can check it out there if you'd like a mock schedule for the Redskins. Yes, indeed. My buddy Kevin Sheehan of... Um, the Team 980 and also the Kevin Sheehan podcast, uh, you know, we've had him on in, in the past. He does 
a great job. So he came up with this concept, which I used to laugh at and just think, oh, this typical of, you know, just star football world. But it, it's actually fun and it, it means nothing. And it's just it's just kind of fun to kind of play around and all the different combinations. So he actually came up with the mock schedule, not the mock draft, the mock schedule where he tries to predict all 16 matchups, days, games, primetime matchups, all that. So I stole the idea from him. I mean, obviously, I'm giving him credit. Um, it, it's totally Kevin's idea, and he's turned it into a little cottage industry. Uh, but here's my guess for the Redskin season opener. While many have them hooking up with Ron Rivera and the Carolina, uh, with Ron with Ron Rivera's former team, the Carolina Panthers, um, now coached by Matt Rule, Teddy Bridgewater, all that. I'm gonna shy away from that and say that the Redskins are going to wind up opening at home and hosting Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. The number one and number two teams in the draft. Chase Young making his debut. Joe Burrow making his debut. Maybe against Dwayne Haskins. Who knows? little Ohio State flavor. Maybe Urban Meyer will be there. I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and maybe Dwayne Haskins. We know Burrow will be there uh, as long as he's healthy, and he should be. Um, the whole entire prediction column and feature is at RedskinsReport.com, but let me just give you a couple of little tidbits here. I'm going with two primetime games, the natural primetime slots. There may be a Saturday afternoon or Saturday night game because of no college football, because of the holidays, whatever. But the two natural primetime games that I'm going with, week four, October 1st, Thursday night football at the New York Giants. Ron Rivera versus Dave Gettleman. Uh, They didn't love each other from what I understand. Gittleman, the controversial GM of the of the uh, Giants, Ron Rivera, new head coach of the Redskins. Thursday night football at the Giants, week four on Thursday night, October the 1st. And then a couple of weeks later, week six, home October 19th, Monday night football. And as I call it, Monday night Lamar. It is not the Baltimore Ravens versus the Washington Redskins. It is Monday night Lamar as in the MVP of the NFL, Lamar Jackson. And I figure a little regional rivalry and everybody lives relatively close to the stadium that would probably be going, or for the most part, FedEx Field might, if they allow fans, might have a chance to be jumping that particular night on national television. All right, so those are a couple of highlights of the mock schedule. The real schedule will be out Thursday night. We will have an extra episode for you covering that. All right, I'm Chris Russell, and when we come back, Kevin Ostriker on the Baltimore Ravens. We just told you about Locked on Ravens. We'll cover it for you next. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell here for Locked On, or Redskins. So we told you about this earlier in the show, and as well, we've been telling you all week, and we're so excited to have Built Bar as our new sponsoring partner of the Locked On Redskins podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, check them 
out. Protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. When the box first arrived last week, I was like, well, you know, let me try it out, see how bad it is, see how good it is. I'm not a big chocolate bar guy, but I'm telling you, I am a big chocolate bar guy. If it tastes good, like the Built Bars do, and it's not bad for you. It's 110 calories, very low sugar, like seven times less sugar than the average regular chocolate bar. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, 20 grams of protein and 170 calories in the peanut butter brownie one. That's one of my favorites. No doubt about it. So guys, if you have a chocolate fix and if you like to enjoy that type of food item for meal replacement or dessert, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we are back with our final installment of the Locked On NFC East and Locked On AFC North crossover. Kevin Ostreicher from Locked On Ravens here with Chris Russell from Locked On Redskins. These two teams play very close to each other and both in the state of Maryland as the Redskins have a home in Lanover. So Chris, I wanted to start off by asking you about the Redskins and what they did this offseason to improve their team. And since the draft is pretty fresh in our minds, let's just start the Redskins obviously getting a perennial talent, Chase Young, who is from Ohio State, one of the most dominant pass rushers, I think, in the last 10 years to come out of the draft. As a whole, with the Redskins' entire draft class headlined by Young, how do you think they did? Yeah, Kevin, uh, first of all, good to be with you. I, I think um, I think it was a solid, it was a dynamic, explosive, like, oh my goodness, uh, it, it's just going to make you think that the franchise is going to change forever. But I do think they're heading in the right direction under Ron Jack Del Rio, their new uh, defensive coordinator, Scott Turner, offensive coordinator, and their de facto general manager, uh, Kyle Smith. Uh, and of course, Ron Rivera's running the show now, the former Carolina Panthers uh, head coach. So, I mean, listen, every, you know, a blind squirrel could take Chase Young, and, and, and as long as he stays healthy, player, right? So we start. We can't really give the Redskins credit there. This draft, sure, it will hang on the hat of Chase Young, but it'll really be decided by a couple of guys. One third round pick, sixty-six overall out of the University of Memphis. Um, not a lot of experience as a running back, but really dynamic, explosive, tough to tackle. You can line them out wide. You can put them in the slot. You can jet sweep them. You can run them as a regular running back. You, uh, you know, formations out of the pistol and out of the gun, offset eye, that type of stuff out of Antonio Gibson. And again, you can use him as a receiver. You can use him uh, as a traditional running back. 
Um, so I think he'll determining how good this draft class ultimately was uh, for the Redskins. And I'll give you just another quick name. And I mean, there's more, but Sadiq Charles, who they drafted to replace potentially try uh, Trent Williams, who they traded to the San Francisco for Sadiq Charles out of LSU. We know he's got the talent. We know he's got the ability. Um, the question is, is does he have any maturity? And he made a lot of mistakes at LSU, including last year that got him popped for six games. And, you know, there was a lot of weird stuff behind the scenes. If, if those guys work out, Charles Gibson, and of course, Chase Young, then the draft was a slam dunk for the Redskins. Yeah. And you mentioned Ron Rivera, the former Carolina Panthers head coach, someone who the Redskins brought in, I think, for a culture change as well as his ability to be a very good coach. And I think that the Redskins made a slam dunk hire in Ron Rivera. It's a first-year guy, and with him kind of maneuvering the offseason for the Redskins. First off, Chris, how did you like this hire when it first happened? And win your favor or lose it? Yeah, Kevin, you know – because he's not just the head coach now, which is what he was with a lot of influence in Carolina, but he always had a general manager who was ultimately making the bottom line decisions, whether it be, you know, Dave Gettleman or whether it be Marty Herney. Um, and is him and Gettleman did not get along. Uh, my understanding is, you know, him and Marty Herney were, were very close. Um, so this is the first time that he's making and he is the number one football man. coach. I do like the hire. If you would have told me when Ron Rivera got fired, ironically, at the hands of the Redskins in late November, Thanksgiving weekend in Charlotte, that was his last. If you would have told me a month later that the Redskins would hire him as the head coach and grand poobah, if you will, uh, of the organization, I would have told you you're nuts. Why? Not that they wouldn't have been interested. I didn't think Ron would. Be. I didn't think Ron would want to be a part of that circus, which it's always been. And somehow, some way, and I'm sure with a lot of money, Dan Snyder convinced him and power and control that this was the right fit for him. Done before the season ended or before anyone else gets in on this derby. Uh, and that's exactly what they did. They had this agreement done before the regular season even ended. Uh, and then they just tied up all the loose. I, look, I don't know. Uh, here, here's what I do know. The culture was ter- terrible around here. I think every Ravens fan understands what good culture is all about. Um you know, that doesn't mean that everything runs perfect. You guys have had your share of mistakes and arrests and all that stuff. But law, by and large, under Ozzie Newsom, by and large, uh, under Eric DaCosta, by and large, under, you know, Billick and then Harbaugh and and, and the owners and, and all of that, you guys have had a sustainable culture and brought to Washington to do, and oh, by the way, to try and prevent more Redskins fans from becoming Ravens fans, and specifically Lamar Jackson fans. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they have an aura around them, but I think that Ron Rivera was a very good time. The Ravens, and from the team, I think that they have one of the best, not the best in the NFL. And rebuild that up, and I think that is a very key making of a successful franchise. But Chris, also for what the Redskins did in the offseason, obviously a big trade happened during the draft, trading Trent Williams to the San Francisco 49ers. But going beyond that and looking at the free agency additions and subtractions, how do you think the Redskins made out in this free agency? 
Um, you know, it was a, a rather nondescript free agent class is how I would answer that, Kevin. I mean, you mentioned the Trent Williams trade, and that was just going to happen. They also traded their best corner in Quentin Dunbar because did not want to play, uh, and he wouldn't stop popping off on social media. He didn't want to play for, you know, what he thought was a mere pittance, uh, you know, a three-and-a-half-ish million-dollar final year of his deal. Um so with that being said, I mean, you knew there was going to be a lot of change. They Trey Cooper from the Dallas Cowboys. They were willing to way overpay him, at least in my opinion, of $22 million. I know he got 20 uh, with the Cowboys, but uh, to me, that's still too high for Amari Cooper. They were willing to way overpay him because they love guys like Amari Cooper who can turn a seven-yard slant into a 60-yard banger, you know, um, that type of thing. So I, I would say this. They filled a lot of depth, uh, a lot of needs, a lot of holes. They valued, valued versatility. Um, you know, some guys were with Rivera. A lot of guys weren't. Um, I, I, you know, one, Sean Davis, uh, who, you know, Ravens fans I'm sure are familiar with, who was at one point a, a, a highly thought of 50 with the Pittsburgh Steelers before he got injured early last year. He comes home. He's from the area. He wanted, you know, he idolized Sean Taylor. So, you know, there was, a, a, an, I guess, an eclectic mix. Uh, I'm excited, kind of, to be honest with you, about what they brought in at Ruck, who's not a big name, but I think much like Antonio Gibson, you can use him in a lot of different ways. And the Redskins are building something here that I think is important. It's a lot of versatility, number one, and a lot of Swiss Army knives, people will call them, where you don't quite know exactly what they are but they can do and are a lot of things kevin yeah chris i agree with you i think the redskins they have a plan i think they've executed it well so far and moving ahead into the actual matchup between the ravens and the redskins dwayne haskins had a pretty up and down year i think that he grew but i also think that when you look at how haskins has to improve coming into 2020 you know playing this ravens secondary i think it might pose a bit of a challenge for him when you look at dwayne haskins and the weapons that he has around him how is he going to beat this ravens defense well, I, I think the biggest challenge that he's going to have is in a, you know, and this is against the, every team, you know, I, doing these crossovers this week, the Pittsburgh Steelers are, we know are going to be aggressive and get after the quarter. You know, if Dwayne Haskins can't get rid of the football faster than he did, and if he takes some of the, uh, you know, n not some of the shots that he took last year uh, and, and, and gets nicked up and scraped up as he did in three out of his last four games, uh, that's going to not only affect how much he can play and how well he can play and how, but it's also going to affect the entire season and probably whenever the Baltimore Ravens and Redskins match up. Uh, and again, we'll find out for sure on Thursday night. Um, because I, I don't think it comes, oh, oh, you know, he can take a part of set. I, I know he can throw the record for the most part. Um, can he make a lot better decisions? Of course he can. Is he learning another new system and another new language? Yeah, I worry about that. The number one thing I worry about, some people think, um, scouts, you know, think that he doesn't anticipate well and throw with anticipation. And that's all a fair critique. The biggest thing for me is, is he going to get rid of the football quick enough to preserve him and to preserve him from taking those big shots or those 
series against a team like Baltimore, I got to be honest with you. I don't, I, I don't have a lot of confidence right now until I see him really significantly improve. Yeah, I think that Haskins, he has a ways to go, but I think he's on the right track. And I think with another year of grooming and being able to get experience, he's a young guy. I think he's going to learn, and I think that he will be a successful quarterback in this league just with a few more years of experience. But my last question for you, Chris, is on the opposite side of the field with the Redskins defense. Obviously, stopping Lamar Jackson, it can be a tough task because he is electric. He can do things both with his arms and with his legs. How is this Redskins defense built to stop Lamar Jackson if they are? Well, I don't know how many do to stop Lamar Jackson, but I, I think the one thing that they will do uh, and that Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio have, a pro, ha, have preached is stopping the run on the way to the quarterback. And that means shooting gaps and getting penetration and disrupting things. So I think the easy answer for me would be in an ideal situation with no Marshall Yonda and the Redskins talent in their front seven, especially on their defensive line, if they can really shoot gaps and really slice in backfield and don't let you know Ingram get going, and of course, uh, don't get continuously sucked in on bootlegs and 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 pullouts uh, and and read options from Lamar. You know, then I think you have a chance. Doesn't mean that you're going to be successful, but I think they'll have a chance to do what many teams weren't able to do uh, last year. But that's the only way I can see it, and. I think if you give Lamar time, he'll pick apart the Redskins secondary, especially inside the red zone. That I don't worry about. But again, I think the Redskins are going to have to just completely disrupt the flow of the backfield by getration. And again, that's what they want to do uh, really as a scheme. And that's what they're, in my opinion, going to have to do against the Ravens. This matchup is going to be an extremely interesting one, and I think that it could potentially have a little more firepower than some people expect. But we're going to head into our break here, and when we get back, we're going to flip the script, and Chris is going to ask me some questions about the Ravens. So stay tuned for that, and we will be right back. Guys, girls, it's Chris Russell here, Locked on Redskins. Start the competition today with people most important in your mom's life. Mother's Day is her Super Bowl, and the big game? is coming soon. So celebrate this Mother's Day by scoring her favorite gift of the day. Your mom will be able to travel in her mind to exotic India, sample the food, and laugh at the perils of raising a teenager in 1950s India through a new book of fiction called The Henna Artist. By the way, it's Reese Witherspoon's book club pick for May. Then anytime in May, post a picture of your mom, or you holding the ebook or the book on Instagram or Facebook, tag the author at the Alka Joshi. At the Alka Joshi. A donation of four meals per post, up to 10,000 meals, will go to Feeding America. So, guys and gals, buy the henna artist today at your favorite bookseller including barnes and noble amazon walmart costco and target make mom the ultimate winner in your family 
This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, we're back here on this crossover edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast and Locked on Ravens. And once again, we're joined by Kevin Ost of Locked on Ravens. We talked about the Redskins uh, last segment. Now we're going to flip the script and talk to Kevin about the team that he regularly covers. Uh, Kevin, uh, you know, again, appreciate you doing this. Um, I guess we'll start obviously. The league MVP did it all last year, but then finally, you know, got a little bit, I guess, controlled uh, in the postseason um, and, and things didn't go how they did in the regular season. What do we take from what January's in terms of how teams can attack the Baltimore Ravens and specifically Lamar Jackson in the regular season? Well, it was definitely a tale of two Lamar Jacksons, a tale of two Ravens teams. And when you look at what happened in the playoffs with the Ravens, obviously losing 28-12 to to the Tennessee Titans, Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense really got away from what they did best. In this game, the Ravens had 29 rushes. 20 of them came from Lamar Jackson. Only six went to Mark Ingram, and another three went to Gus Edwards. Lamar Jackson dropped back on over 70 passes in that game. He had over 500 total yards just by himself at 143 yards on the ground and another 365 yards through the air. Nobody really showed up in terms of a running back, and now Mark Ingram was injured. Greg Roman kind of got away from his plan. And I think the Titans, they got out ahead. They used Derrick Henry, and that in turn put Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense in a bind to come back. And they didn't really have to do a ton of their season. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense had to play with a lead for most of the 2019 regular season. And you saw Lamar Jackson getting pulled in fourth quarters and the Ravens up, you know, by 40 points on teams sometimes. They weren't used to playing from behind. And I think that's one of the main reasons why it was just so shocking to see this Ravens team drop back after drop back after drop back and not staying true to what they were in terms of a running team, which is what really got them going. And that is a running team. It gives Lamar Jackson leverage because that in turn makes it, you know, is he going to run? Is he going to pass? For the Titans Mm -hmm. defense, it was pretty obvious that it was either a run to Lamar Jackson or it was Lamar Jackson passing the ball. They could hone in on a singular player. And I think that's really the main difference that comes between the game in January and the rest of the regular season. So, so again, if if an opposing defense maybe tries to target Ingram as opposed to how you would probably try and game plan against or – 
can you all, I mean, cause I, I could, I could see what you're, what you're trying to describe. And I, I agree with all that, but that could also get you in trouble if you over, I guess, over an Ingram and you get that, you know, again, you get Lamar seeing it and pulling it out and then running around end. Well, that's what makes it so successful. And when the Ravens line up in their read option formation, there are plenty of things that can happen. And honestly, that's what makes it so difficult to defend. Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and Mark Ingram, with their ability, they have to read that defense. And it's, it's really on Lamar Jackson to do so. If he sees the edge rusher, the person who's holding the edge, creep in and crash down on Mark Ingram up the middle, he will take that ball, he will pull it out of Mark Ingram's belly, and he will run around. If he sees that defender kind of hesitate and maybe kind of take the outside edge, anticipating Lamar Jackson pulling the ball, he'll just hand it to Mark Ingram, and that's one less guy that they have to worry about up the middle. He can also pull that ball back, and it can be play action. Mark Ingram can run a route. He could go into pass protection. They have guys now on that offense who are threats as pass catchers. Mark Andrews led the league in touchdowns last year from a tight end perspective. They have Hollywood Brown. He was only playing at 70% last year because he had two foot he had two foot screws. He had surgery. He had a pretty big injury in a championship game for Oklahoma. So he wasn't playing at full strength. They drafted Devin Duvernay in the third round and James Prochet in the sixth round. They have J.K. Dobbins now who can be another threat like Mark Ingram. With the Ravens offense, the reason it's so hard to defend is because you have to prepare for quite a bit of different plays, and the looks that they bring you are all pretty much looking the same. So it could be a play-action pass, a draw off the middle, a bootleg from Lamar Jackson, all on a simultaneous play that looks the exact same. So defenders have to have insane discipline. They have to have plenty of awareness of what's going on and plenty of film study to defend against this Ravens team. You just covered a lot of the Ravens' weapons on offense, so I'll skip that part uh, and ask you about the offensive line. Yonda retires, great career. Uh, Do they have a a good replacement plan for him, and what would you say about this offensive line? I mean, picking when that run game is clicking, and all offensive linemen like to like to run block, you know. But but can they hold up if the run game isn't clicking, and if they have to drop, and if Lamar has to drop back the game, are they good enough? I think that that question, if you would ask me, you know, in January, Lamar Jackson still had a little bit of development to do as a passer. From year two to year three, Lamar Jackson, I think, is going to take another leap. He worked so hard to get to where he is, to the league MVP status that he got. From year one to year two, he worked relentlessly during the offseason. When you talk about the Ravens' offensive line, yes, Marshall Yonda, you cannot underestimate the loss that that is. A Hall of Fame player, one of the best to ever do it at the right guard position. But the Ravens, they were preparing for this day. The Ravens drafted Ben Powers last season, a guard out of Oklahoma. And I think that they redshirted him under Marshall Yonda to say, look, you're going to not play a ton this year, but you're going to practice. You're going to learn from this guy who is one of the best guards we've ever seen. So that if he does retire in the 2019, 2020 offseason, you know, you'll be able to have that inside track to the position because you were able to learn under him. The Ravens days ago, a former guard from the Seattle Seahawks. They drafted Ben Bredesen, the offensive lineman from Michigan, as well as Tyree Phillips, who was an offensive tackle who played in the SEC as well. The Ravens have a bunch of young options on the offensive line, especially on the interior. Their tackles are pretty bookend in Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown Jr. You're not really messing with what you have there. But in on the interior, 
honestly be up for grabs. You have left guard that was occupied by Bradley Bozeman, who was a center at Alabama and honestly is still a center, but worked very hard to become a pretty efficient guard. Matt Scherer, the starting center from last season, actually ended up tearing his ACL, MCL, PCL, and dislocating his kneecap all on the same play. Angeles Rams. He's been working very hard. The Ravens ended up bringing in Patrick McCarry, an undrafted free agent who made this team to play center, and he did a pretty good job. But honestly, any one of those guys could win any three of those interior offensive line positions. So when you look at if the Ravens, you know, kind of don't have that run game going, can Lamar Jackson throw the football to win the game? I think the answer is going to be yes, but it really all hinges on his third year development because he showed that development from year one to year two. And when the run game wasn't working, he showed that ability to throw the football and win the Ravens games. But I think that that elevates next season. Kevin Ostriker, host of Locked on Ravens with us. I'm Chris Russell, Locked on Redskins, Locked on Ravens. Crossover AFC North, NFC East Division Special this week on the Locked. Uh, Kevin, before we run out of time, I, I think we can say, uh, first of all, bo- this might be the most fascinating special teams matchup because these are two of the, the best special teams units and specialists uh, in the league as far as I'm concerned, uh, is where the Ravens have always made their hay and where they've always been known. And while they may not be as dominant, while they may not be the same, you add you know, Calais Campbell, you draft Patrick Queen, uh, later part of the first round, you add Malik Harrison, you, um, you know, Earl Thomas, the trade for Marcus Peters last year when he was struggling in LA with the Rams. This defense in your eyes is like, if you had to give it a letter grade right now, as you see it and know it pre-training camp. For me, I think I give this defense an a minus B plus. And the reason that is because when you look at this defense on paper and what they have currently, I mean, the really only weakness I see is maybe you could add, you know, a veteran ish edge rusher, maybe Jadavia County. The money would most likely never work with the current cap situation. They're kind of right up against it right now. But I think that when you look at the front seven and then you look at the secondary, there's really not a hole on the defense, and then the depth backs that up on the defensive line was really the hole that they had to address in the offseason, in my opinion. The front seven as a whole, really. The Ravens never want that Derrick Henry experiment to run through Baltimore ever again. In that playoff game, he had 30 carries for 195 yards. That will not do if you want to win the Super Bowl. They go out. They trade a fifth-round pick for Calais Campbell. They agree to a deal with Michael Brockers temporarily, but that falls through. So they go out and they sign Derek Wolf. They draft Justin Matabike out of Texas A&M in the third round, and then Roderick Washington, the defensive lineman out of Texas Tech, in the fifth. They made sure that they got run stuffers who can also rush the quarterback. The Ravens did not generate a lot of pressure from the interior last year. The departure of Michael Pierce allows Brandon Williams to move back to nose tackle. He was playing a lot of defensive tackle last season for Baltimore. The additions of me, and when you look at the additions of Malik Harrison and Patrick Queen, the Ravens can now run more base defense looks because Tavon Young, the slot cornerback who missed all of 2019, is going to come back. That allows Marlon Humphrey to move back outside where he's at his best. You have Marcus Peters on the opposite side. Jimmy Smith is a guy who can rotate in with them. And then with the safety position, Earl Thomas, Chuck Clark, Deshaun Elliott. They have Anthony Levine as well. 
there really isn't a hole on this Ravens defense that I can identify because they just brought back Pernell McPhee, who played really well for them. So they're going to rely on four edge rushers right now and Matthew Judon, Jalen Ferguson, Tyus Bowser, and Pernell McPhee. Maybe that doesn't get you the actual sack production that you want, but I think that it gets you enough. And with the Ravens interior pressure being addressed, I think that you can kind of let up on the edge production if you can get enough pressure from the interior. So maybe if the Ravens go out and add Jadavion Clowney or Clay Matthews, that would bump that grade up to an AA plus. But right now I think they have a very solid and very dangerous defense. Uh, that's uh, scary when you think about it from a Redskins perspective and Dwayne Haskins likely, <laughs> maybe Kyle Allen, or even Alex Smith having to go uh, against that. Kevin Allstriker, the host of Locked On Ravens, doing a good job breaking down the Redskins, uh, the Ravens rather, on offense and defense. We broke down the Redskins, a primary focus, and we are out of time right here on this crossover edition of the Locked On Ravens and Locked On Redskins podcast. Podcast as we continue to bring you some unique content right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Kevin, you know, Redskins fans that are not familiar with you and you, your work, uh, people can find you how on social media and all that? I am on Twitter at KOSTRIKER34, and then the Locked On Ravens Twitter is at Locked On Ravens. All right, you can follow at Locked Redskins for the Locked on Redskins podcast. Me, individually, WrestleMania621, and as well, Redskins coverage of plenty, and I'm sure we'll be doing a lot about on the Ravens, but for the regular season at RedskinsReport.com, part of SI. Uh, for Kevin Ostriker, I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. <laughs> but when you use Fresh Step Cat Litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy. Thanks to amazing odor control, Fresh Step clumping cat litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step Cat Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliate. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because. Hey, honey, you know your dad's world famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was like super hot. And then I um dropped it. And now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.